Mr. Goffwood, good morning. How are you? Hamley, how are you? I'm fantastic this morning. Hamley, how are you? It, I'm doing good. It's Vanessa, though. How are you, Vanessa? Are you back? Sorry, I'm, I'm, back. I'm miles away. I'm, I've got pies in the oven and I'm, I've got half a brain elsewhere. Pies so in the oven. Um, no, no, then you're completely exonerated, excused, forgiven, all that. What pies? Oh, I've got uh, chicken, leek, and mushroom. Roasted chicken, leek, and <gasps> mushroom pies. Ooh, I'm, oh, my yeah, goodness. I'm starting, my menu. Yes. Sorry. I, I'm starting to resent this at, at quarter past ten on a Friday because I sit here and then my stomach grumbles when I hear what you're talking about. And it's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, uh, but that sounds absolutely delicious. Are we talking about pies today or what have you got on the menu for us on Pinch well, of Salt? Well, no, actually, I was, I was going to talk about a number of things. One of the things I was going to talk about was books, but I think that can wait. And, <laughs> and I think it's just related to the conversation we had on uh, off-air just before mm. we started with was was the distressing news that Test Kitchen will be closing at the yeah. end of September. And, um, yeah, and, and I think it's so sad. I didn't even get the chance to go there. I'd heard people speak about it. And, you know, it's one of those things that I thought to myself, well, let's put it on, on sort of the goal list and work towards it. Yeah. And then, you know, other stuff happens. So I'm, I'm really devastated that I'm not going to get the opportunity to go to Test Kitchen. And I think that there's a well, lesson in all of that for us. Yes, I think so too. I feel, look, I've been very, very fortunate to be eaten on, on numerous occasions. And, and I have to say that all of the hype about it being the best restaurant in the country, one of the best in the world, is, is, is well-earned and well-deserved. Mm. Um, I've had some of the best meals I've had anywhere ever at the test kitchen. And I think it's, it's a lament that, that the restaurants of that caliber are, are, are under the cost. You know, in, in, mm. in just the same way that the smaller, medium-priced restaurants are suffering, you know, the, the restaurants like um, like Test Kitchen, like Lacolom, like Waterkloof that closed already. Yeah. You know, their their primary their primary focus is is, is foreign tourists. Yeah. Not that it's their focus; it's just those are the kind of people who prepare to pay. The, the price that it takes to produce that kind of food, you know. Mm. I mean, when you've got somewhere like the Test Kitchen, it only has two sittings. It has 60 seats, lunch, or it doesn't even doing lunch, but you do 60 people for dinner in the evening. That's it. Sure. Um, and you've got, you've got maybe 16 or 18 people in the kitchen that chefs, plus mm. you've got another 20-odd out front. So you've got, you know, highly qualified, expensive staff mm. of a, a complement of about 40 every evening. You know, so so those those are the kind of overheads that dictate that the food is going to be expensive, and, and unfortunately, the, the general South African public is not prepared to pay what that food is worth. I yeah. mean, if you think about it, really, um, what foreigners are paying for it, they'd be paying double, if not treble, if they were have to have to eat the same caliber food if they were eating at home in wow. Europe or America or wherever they're from. So we're uh, actually, and, and my, yeah. Yep. We're actually getting high world-class quality for a lot less than what people are paying mm. overseas, and yet we're not paying for that. We're not even prepared to pay for yep. that. That's it. You know, and it's, it's one of those it's one of those old chicken and egg scenarios that we, we see all the time because it it rears its ugly head and ever says, "Oh, you know, chefs are notoriously badly paid in this country." Mm. Well, they're notoriously badly paid because South Africans. On the tourist, bad payers when it comes to, to food. Yeah. You know, they're still expecting to be paying the same prices that they were five years ago. You know, and, and what restaurants end up happening is not just pandemic problems, you know, where, where the restaurants are closed and you can't earn, but I mean, 
if you think, I mean, I, if I look at just my market stall, for example, mm-hmm. the price of meat in the last two years has gone up about 75, 80%. Now, I can't pass on that 80% increase. Otherwise, I'd price myself out of the market. Yeah. I'd be, you know, the quietest stand in the market because no one would be prepared to pay 150, 160 rand for a steak sandwich. Yeah. So what ends up happening is the same with the restaurant operators. They end up having to absorb those increases. You know, the, the suppliers, look, the suppliers are pretty good and they try and hold back for as long as possible. But, you know, the, there are pressures of transportation. Every time the petrol price goes up, the price of transport goes up. And, and so on and so forth. And the only person who's not prepared to, to, to feature their part in the chain is the customer. Mm. Who are not prepared to, to, to go to restaurants because they think they're being ripped off. And that's the reason why restaurants like Vartikler and Test Kitchen are closing because they just cannot sustain, there aren't enough diners with, with, with deep enough pockets to, to, mm. to frequent their restaurants. And it's not that they're being greedy it's just mm-hmm. that's the, the, the business model to, to, to operate a, a top-end fine dining restaurant. Yeah, and I, I'm, and I, I come from the industry from way back, <laughs> and, and, I, yeah. and, I, and I understand this. And, I, yeah. you know, the thing is, is that when, when just like an artist takes a brush to a canvas, um, a highly trained chef and somebody like yourself and many, many others out there, this is not just a case of slavery slapping a piece of meat onto a grill you are creating you are yeah. um, you you food is your canvas and we're paying for that at the end of the day yeah. we're paying for that that um, deep love um, with what is presented to us and if we're not, if you know if you want to pay a lot for a beautiful masterpiece then you must be prepared to pay for a masterpiece of food that is put down in front of you yeah, I mean, and and it goes and it, and it goes throughout throughout. I mean, if you go to places like Kiss Kitchen, Lacalon, uh, the Greenhouse, Fane, mm. all of these top restaurants, you, you just have to look at the crockery that they use. You know, these aren't like your bog standard thirty-two centimeter flat white plates anymore. Mm. There's all manner of slates, and you know, guys are having uh, you know um, uh, uh, ranges of plates and crockery made specifically for the restaurants. All of these things cost money. You know, all of these mm-hmm. things, because we have, because we have become um, seasoned travelers, maybe not um, internationally, but certainly on the internet and social media, um, you know, when you start to see the kind of food and the kind of um, uh, plating and the stuff that's being done elsewhere, because we have it on our phones now, you know, the South African public are expecting the same caliber of food. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the chefs to continue to innovate, to con- continue to deliver, and all of these elements cost money. Yeah. You know, say it isn't a case of just slapping a piece of meat on on, on the grill anymore. You know, there is a place place for those restaurants, and they're equally struggling. But it's it's these are restaurants with professional waiters. You know, who, mm. who make the proper living. This yeah. is not a stepping stone or helping them with their studies. This is a profession. This is an actual career for these guys. And also, you know, the thing to the other thing to lament is, you know, you've got now. 20 chefs, 20 chefs in the kitchen who are, um, who are being trained. These are great training grounds. Yeah. A great training grounds. Um, and and, and we, we're going to lose that knowledge. We're going to lose 
you know, the, the ability for young chefs to, to learn how to make food of that caliber yeah. because these restaurants are going to slowly but surely disappear. What do you think is going to happen to the restaurant landscape post-COVID? Uh, do you have a crystal ball sitting there oh, that you, um, it, it, you know, because I saw, I read an article earlier this week that uh, the way consumers, the way we as consumers are interacting with alcohol is changing. The, that yeah. there's a it's, it's the um, alcohol industry has entered into uncharted territory because the alcohol bans, which has now totaled 161 days since March yeah. last year, it, it has shifted the way we're interacting with alcohol and how consumers are interacting with that. So the same yeah. thing seems to be happening with our restaurants. Yeah. Look, I think the thing there is, oh, look, I mean, uh, if I had that crystal ball, um, I must admit I wouldn't be making chicken pies for you. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But, you know, it, look, it is, it's, it's, it's completely unknown territory, and I think that's the thing. You know, at least, at least with the wine industry, um, you know, particularly for the premium wines, they sell more overseas than they sell to the local market. Mm. You know, the local market here does not drink premium wines on a, on, a, on a mass basis, of, you know, and by premium I'm talking, you know, 250, 300 rand upwards. Um, yeah. th- that market is, is minute here in South Africa, and, and wine producers re- uh, rely on, on foreign exports. Mm. Now, unfortunately, the, re- the restaurants don't have that luxury of foreign exports. It's not about tapping into markets and getting into good supermarkets and good restaurants overseas. You're reliant on people coming here. And and, and um, for that neck of the woods in terms of the fine dining, I don't see people coming here anytime soon. Mm. You know, this business now, not only just before it was all about COVID and whether you can get home and whether you could get a bed and be repatriated. Now it's about vaccine passports and who's safe to go where and what's acceptable and so on and so forth. And, and I think, you know, we're still on the no visit list for most of, <gasps> of those know. of those. Those mm. countries that we, we drew most of our tourism from. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's, so that's, therein lies a problem to the top-notch restaurants. But I think generally, yes, I, I agree, in the same way that our approach to drinking and alcohol has changed in terms of amounts of consumption, availability, what, how much you spend on it, the same is happening with restaurants. I think I've said this before, that I think the restaurants that are going to suffer the most are the, are the, are the ones that aren't, aren't delivering the goods. You know, there's, there's no room for complacency anymore. Yeah. You know, some Africans have at the moment, through no fault of their own, limited funds to spend in restaurants. And you're not going to go and spend it in a restaurant if you're not getting value for money. If you think that the, the attitude of the, of the serving or the attitude of the staff is a little bit yeah. slack, that, you know, it, it's not professional or it's not delivering the goods. You're going to go and part with your hard-earned cash in some way that, that looks after you, that, mm. that absolutely that remit of hospitality. And I think that's, that's a, uh, a... I think that, in the long run, is a good thing because I think restaurants are going to have to up their game in order to compete. Um, so I don't think... And by that, I don't mean, you know, two for the price of one specials. I mean, you're going to have to make sure that you deliver unforgettable experiences every time someone comes to eat. And whether it's for a... 17 course tasting menu or, or, or you know, a family of four mm. sharing some pizzas. And I, I think that's the yeah. difference that I foresee. 
And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's about the experience because that's what people are looking for. And, and food yeah. and the wine and whatever you drink with it is part of that experience. Now, I mentioned yeah. to you off air that I'm reading a book and it's about balance. And I've, I've read the first chapter through gritted teeth because the one, it, it talks about balance that no, nothing bad ever happens without good and no good happens mm-hmm. without bad. So my question to you is because I want to end this off on a good note is every every crisis offers an opportunity and every opportunity offers triggers a crisis do you think that we are going to be seeing people taking advantage of the opportunities that can be seen I'm not one of those people I must be honest but there are people that are going to see the opportunity in the crisis does that bode well for us yes I, I'm 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 the, I'm the eternal optimist. I'm the the glass half full kind of guy, and and I think and I think South Africans are, are, are nothing if not resilient. Mm. You know and that, that that works the same for restaurateurs as everyone. I mean, let's let's look at what happened over the last two weeks. You know, with with the rioting and the looting. Yeah. What did South Africans do? Did we sit back and lament and all move to Australia? No. <laughs> in KZN and and Khartoum, everyone came out in their droves and swept up the mess and helped to clean up supermarkets that weren't their employees, but you know, mm-hmm. other yeah. people's livelihoods. And and I think that resilience is is a is a fantastic South African trait, and we'll see that shine through in people who, when they have the wherewithal, will continue to support the restaurants. And, and restaurateurs have always had to think on their feet. You know, this, mm. you know, this, it's, it's, all restaurants will tell you there, there's a, a, a very fine line between a, a profitable restaurant and, and closure. This is why, you know, it, we, there's always been so many closures. And I, and I think because of that resilience, they'll have to rise to the challenge. Already, people are already thinking new ways of doing things. I mean, I, I think of myself now. I've been doing home delivery business now for five months. Wow. And I'm actually loving it, and it's doing well. Fantastic. And it's something that I never would have thought of a, a year ago mm. from now. When that, before the pandemic, I, if someone said you'll be making chicken pies <laughs> for people on a Friday morning, I said, you, you're mad. I never. <laughs> and, and, and here I am, and I've got someone to click coming for a birthday party, coming pick chicken pies for 25 people in an hour. Fantastic. You know, so, so, you know, Never say never, and I think that's what we're good at as South Africans. I think there will always be a restaurant industry. We will always do well. Um, what that format's going to be and how it's going to look in the years to come, I don't know. But we'll be, still be here, and we'll still be, we'll still be flying the flag internationally, and we'll still be making good food because that's what we do as South yeah. Africans. And if you have a passion for cooking, you're not going to kill that passion very easily. No, exactly. So I think that's what, that's what uh, you know, if you get up every morning and you love what you do, it'll find a way to earn an income for you. And if you keep on doing Without it that way. So uh, I think, yeah, and, and anybody who's out there who wants to become a restaurateur, I don't think this crisis must, uh, you know, and when I speak about crisis, I talk about the pandemic, yeah. put you off. Just look at yeah, what yeah. is needed and then fulfill and fill yeah. that need, just as you are doing right now. And I think that's it's absolutely wonderful. I'm totally jealous of the 25 people who are going to be eating that chicken pie. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'll have to make a plan and see. Hopefully the family's listening and there'll be a chicken pie <laughs> idea when I get home. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we drive big hints here so uh, yeah but you know I'll get home and I'll say did you listen and they go no no because we know you're going to drop a hint so 
<laughs> Peter, it's been great to chat to you again, and um, hopefully next week we'll we'll speak about something a little bit better than uh, the closure yeah. of a restaurant. But I think it's going to make what I like about the conversation we had today is that um, uh, let's you know as South Africans just really take a deep think on how we've approached our high class restaurants and how we've approached them and what we can do to make it better. Um, and uh, because we've also played a role in this, unfortunately, and uh, that um, we we need to sort of you know introspect and think how we can help these restaurants out and to be um, a little bit more accommodating of the quality and the greatness of, of what has been you know what of what is on offer. I agree completely, Vanessa. You hit the nail straight on the head, definitely. Fantastic. I um, loved the conversation. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And uh, we'll talk again next Friday. And uh, we certainly will. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, Peter. Cheers, Vanessa. And cheers to the listeners. We'll see you same time next week. Fantastic. May the sauce be with you. Don't forget that one. <laughs> yes, may the fire be with you. Yeah. The fire. Ah, there we go. Bye-bye. Okay.